0: Welcome to When Ghosts Speak with Melissa and Mary Ann.
1: Guess what, guys? We're back. Mary Ann, you have a pretty, uh, maybe not as fun topic, because it's kind of a serious one. Yeah. For a lot of families, I think.
0: I, Especially this day and age. It's people that are put into institutions for drug abuse, alcohol abuse, uh, and get cleaned up, to get sober, to get the drugs out of your system. It's as a person that has, if you have a child or anybody that has this kind of addiction, Your life is miserable, and so is their life miserable. Mm -hmm. And if you can, you know, even if you have to, you know, stick them in an institution like this without them cooperating, you know you're doing it for their good. Mm -hmm. Now, keep this in mind. These programs, some of them, especially the private ones, you go for four weeks, six weeks, two months, however long, with all the help and the the you know the psychiatrist, all the talking, they're changing your patterns. You know, not being able to have your alcohol or your drugs, you start. You know, the the, the victim starts coming around and going, "I'm going, I can do this." And they start, "I'm never going to do this. I, I'm I'm finally sober." I don't like drugs anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. The families feel so encouraged. Mm -hmm. This time it's going to work. We are going to do it this time. And your your son comes home and he's fine for four or five days, maybe even two weeks. And all of a sudden it never lasts longer than two or three weeks. They fell off the wagon there, it starts all over again. So let me give you a little story about what happened. Uh, Mary had a 23, 24-year-old son that had started with drugs and alcohol when he was about 14. Got in with the wrong crowd. And, you know, and kids, they want to do what their friends are doing. They want to just be one of the, one of the group. And sure enough, they had sent him to rehab. He had actually rehab at one of the hospitals, just, but it was like an overnight thing. And he was in there, he was in six weeks, I believe, and came home and sure enough, his only lasted about seven days and he shouldn't have called and talked to his friends that were a bad influence on him anyway, but he did and started up again so she calls me up and she says Marianne, i just don't know what to do she said i i were I, i'm i bet he's cursed and he was in the house when she called and i said actually he's not cursed i says but there's a ghost in the house she said you're kidding me i says no i says and it looks like he's a real piece of work i said it looks like he's got really rotten teeth in his mouth and And I believe it is a crack that makes the teeth look really, really bad in a person if they're a user. And so I'm assuming that that's what this person had died from, maybe an overdose of that. Very close in age to her son. He he was probably about 30 years old. Hmm. Followed him home from the institution. And he worked on him and worked on him only a week. And sure enough, the kid was back on doing his thing again. And so went out to the house, talked to this guy. This guy had died in the 60s. Oh, wow. Been around a while. But it was definitely from drug abuse, And he had gotten to the point where he was pretty much homeless when he was alive and ended up dying who and the second thing is who wants to be dead at 30 so he never went to the light and he wasn't going to be miserable by himself he followed so many people home when they went home until he could get them hooked again and so anytime you have any person that you know that's in rehab, Within twenty-four to forty-eight hours, try to make sure that there is nothing attached to them. Call, make sure because all of that time was for nothing, and so you definitely, you know, have to do, you know, something. There was a lady, a, a psychiatrist that uh, worked for the state, and it was her job to counsel uh, drug users and alcoholics when they came out of prison or jail or out of institutions. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was her job. And she was very good at her job. And say, let's just say she counseled 10 people a month. Eight of those would end up back into an institution or back on with their problem. So she called me up and she said, what do you think? And I says, well, they probably all have curses on them. And who knows what's attached to them? Mm-hmm. She said, how about if I do this? She said, how about if I get a group of them? Because there was group counseling that she would do. She okay. said, I'll do group counseling. She said, and how about if you come and be the speaker? And I said, huh okay. I says, yeah, because I'm curious. I want to see who has what attached to them, if that's the case. But you have to remember, I'm sort of in their phase within a week after they've been discharged from wherever they were at. And so if somebody was attached to them, they were working on it, but it wasn't, if it had been out longer, it would have been harder. But so they ended up, I would go and I would remove the ghosts mm-hmm. or take negative energy. A lot of these people have terrible curses. Take the curses off, them. S- you know, seed them up, so to speak, you know, give them a seed to carry so this doesn't happen again. Do you know after six months, only two were going back
1: into the institution. Everybody else stayed clean. Nice. Did any of them keep in touch with you later? Just to follow up? They kept
0: in touch with the counselor and they were all really doing good. And she actually got in trouble for having me there. But this was, uh, I was living in Worcester. So this was a good 30, 35 years ago. I'm thinking now it probably would be more open. I think, you know, especially since I do so much work now for psychiatrists and counselors and all mm-hmm. of the people. And I, I think that as educated as these people are, there's still this gray area mm-hmm. that you need some help with. And that's what this is, I think. So just just really be aware of it. Uh, Normally, a family knows, you know, they'll be home in three days. They'll be home next week. They'll be home in 10 days to look for. They know how to you know, see what's going on in the house. And but if you want one or a friend or a relative to stay cured, absolutely. I mean, they cured. Well, they didn't cure it. You're always an alcoholic or a drug user, but you're not a user anymore. But Mm -hmm. seriously, if somebody's attached to you, these people have, it's a losing battle.
1: Now, when you um, come across these spirits that are attached, um, are they more likely to go into the light to get healed and to lose that addiction? Or are they so consumed with the addiction that they, they kind of refuse to go in because they want to stay around, you know?
0: The ghosts that were dead longer, like over, you know, say five, six years, they're pretty smart at this point. This is it. They can make somebody drink or use drugs all they want, but doggone it, they're not getting anything out of it. Mm. Sort of a losing battle because the ghost doesn't eat and sleep. Now I think it's interesting though because I have seen ghosts smoking cigarettes and cigars and pipes. So I'm curious why the drug
1: doesn't affect them when they're dead. This is true. Um yeah, good point. If, if there is a smoke shop in the afterlife, um, on the earthbound afterlife that you can go buy your cigars and cigarettes, why isn't there the dealer outside the smoke shop giving you your, your meth, your cocaine, your, you know, all of the other fun stuff. So I wonder why there's that distinction. See, there are some days I have more
0: questions
1: than answers. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, you know, we're going to add that to the list when we run across Clarence again. <laughs> <laughs> I have
0: to ask him what's going on. And like I said, I, I know they smoke. I mean, people can smell cigarette smoke in their house if they've got a ghost and nobody in the house smokes. So mm-hmm. I know cigar smoke, pipe smoke. People can smell it. People can smell pot too. Mm-hmm. But it's but it does not affect the ghost. I don't know why.
1: So interesting.
0: Yeah. That, that, that,
1: hmm. Inquiring minds want to know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So definitely, <laughs> you know, it, like I said, if you want it successful into the story, follow it through all the way, make sure that, you know, your person is protected.
1: Right. Um it, what can family members do for their loved one who's in treatment? Because uh, my understanding is some of these places don't allow them to even have jewelry. So they can't order them a seed that, to wear while they're there. So when they come out, you know. Right. And that's the problem. They're not allowed anything like that. Now,
0: there was a family that had, uh, I couldn't believe it, her husband and her son were both addicted to wow. drugs. And so the father, and, and I had talked to her about all of this and the father could do it because he had to have a filling replaced in his molar. Oh, okay. So the the trick with the seed and the, the tooth. So his seed went in his tooth. Exactly. So he was protected, but the kid didn't have need any dental work done. And you're never going to find a dentist that's going to drill a healthy tooth, which there shouldn't be a dentist that will drill a healthy tooth. And so and sure enough, the father was okay, But the kid, when he came home, he did have an attachment with him. Now, it's the younger ghosts that are the 30, 25 to 45 that usually do not want To go to the light they're going to go find somebody else to aggravate or to uh you know mess with
1: okay but it's though the older ones are the ones that have been dead long enough that know that they're never going to get you know exactly okay have you found more ghosts and attachments um in certain types of institutions than others
0: It's usually across the board. Now, people that are in mental institutions, they can bring people home too, but it's not as bad as if it's for, you know, drug abuse, uh, alcohol abuse. Um, People, you know, people are in institutions. I mean, sex abuse, there's all kind. I mean, there's abuse of everything. And so, yeah, definitely. Mental institutions seem to be a little safer, but it's not that they are free and clear. They could still bring something home from
1: that, too. Right. Huh. Well, if anybody wanted to get one of like your seeds to give them, they would just go to your website, Marianne And maybe, uh, you know, since they can't wear it in there meet them at the door. and Don't sleep. don't bother. They'll take it from you for sure. No doubt yeah. about it. So just have it for them right outside the door, you know, as they're getting in the car, like here, wear this. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And that is a good idea because they're not going to be able to get in the car with you. And, and of course, if they're determined enough, they'll ride on the roof of the car to see where you live. And, but if your house is protected, then and the person has the charm and they go out of the house, then, you know, at least they, they've got some sort of protection with them. Yeah.
1: Do you have any other advice or safe tips to?
0: Um... You know, I wish I had a great answer so that nobody even would start to do alcohol or drug abuse. But I, I don't. And I, and I think it's a losing battle and it's probably with society It's probably always been a losing battle. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's always going to be people that are in trouble with something like that.
1: Right. Well, and um, if I remember correctly, uh, like alcoholism, like there's actually like a gene that makes you more predisposed, you know, to it. So um, sometimes you you are just automatically born with that challenge. That's um, right. You just have to be aware of it and do your best to to overcome that. Um, well, I guess it could be real woo woo and say that's karma. True, I guess we could be like, mm-hmm. now what did you do before in that past life? Mm-hmm. I have to make preparations for, right? Um, well, and and speaking of, we had that book in that last uh, book club that talked about how you know sometimes you have to come back to balance that out. That was uh, between death and life. That's right. That we talked about, which um, they can always go back to our YouTube channels and watch. watch that.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, were you a drug dealer in your past life? hmm. So Enough. you go through with this life to see how miserable you made somebody. hmm.
1: Right. That that's easy. You know, that's not hard to figure out. Yeah. Uh, or maybe you now have to be the parent of a child with the addiction and having to watch and no matter what you do, like you're watching them suffer. And What can you do about it? Um, besides continually hope and help. And, you know, at some point it, it sticks,
0: you know, the parents have parents of these kids have such a hard time. I mean, it's like you, you do everything you can do for them. And, then it gets to the point where you've got to let them fall as far as they have to go on their own. It's tough love. I mean, they've stole everything out of your house for money to get the drugs. I mean, it's a vicious circle. And then there, the kid overdoses and there's the parents standing there inviting me to the funeral. Right. And they're blaming themselves. They did everything they could, but they're still blaming themselves. And, Drug abuse and alcohol abuse. Yeah, the person is dead, but they leave a lot of victims behind.
1: Yes. It's almost like the invisible victim, like the people that you didn't even really think of that had to suffer through this too.
0: That's right. That's right. The one good thing is over the years with the different police departments that I've worked with, different law enforcement agencies, when a death has occurred, Um, I've actually gotten some good names for these, some of these law enforcement agencies of the dealers Mm. will have been taken out because of the death of the person that, that that was buying drugs for them. Um, and, you know, luckily, you know, a law enforcement person will take, will believe me and say, okay. And then of course I'm always the anonymous tip. So because well I can't go to court I'm a nut. And so <laughs> <laughs>
1: you're going to know about the judge golfing game. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so it's you know it's it's
0: living life and getting through it and everybody's got trials and tribulations but if you can put a little bit of help with it.
1: Right. Well, kind of sorry, kind of sorry, not sorry. Everybody, we, we had a little bit of a, a downer episode, but we've had some fun ones and the next one will be fun again.
0: Oh, yes, it will.
1: Uh, we just had, you know, some questions that have come in recently and figured we would address this. So, um, but fear not. We will, we'll be back to the fun and laughing uh, next week on our next episode. So please join us then. We are trying to drop these on a regular basis on Wednesdays in the morning. Um, And you can find us on our YouTube channels at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and and join us live and ask questions there. Uh, Marianne, yours is simply Marianne Winkowski on YouTube. And uh, mine is the Goddess Elite New Age. So you can find us on both. Um, And come join us in the conversation. Bring friends. The more the merrier.
0: Okay,
1: see you next time. All right, bye guys.
0: Thanks for tuning in to When Ghosts Speak. Join us again soon. Goodbye.